So it is March the 2nd, right? 2000. Invite him. We always pray that those that God wants here come and those that need, that we are not the right assembly for everybody. And that doesn't mean there's something wrong with that person. We can have some wires crossed here and there ourselves, of course. Uh, Romans 14. This is a good one to break out on your uh, Seventh-day Adventists because they're uh, vegetarians, right? <clears throat> they were here one day some years ago and uh, a young lady was knocked on the door wanted to talk to us about, about faith. And, and It's funny, they're... Uh, uh, the Seventh-day Adventist is a lot like a Calvinist. They're that, but they don't want to tell you that right out of the box. They're kind of like, uh, you know, they're going to break that out later on, like they're ashamed of it or something. You know, uh, they they won't bring it out right up front. Well, you know, get to the bottom of it pretty quick, but she, yes, yeah, Seventh-day Adventist. I said, all right, well, I mean, I don't think they're not saved, uh, they do think we're not. They think if we're not keeping the Sabbath on Saturday, then we're not fit for heaven. And they think if we're eating meat, we're violating Scripture or something. Well, what we're violating is Ellen White's great controversy. That's what we're. That's the, the book for the Seventh Day Adventists. Oh, chapter fourteen of Romans. I'm just reading from the beginning. Him that is weak in the faith, receive ye, but not to doubtful disputations. It's just saying. If somebody's weak in the faith, don't start controversy with them. Don't start trouble with them. They'll grow. They'll get stronger, right? Or they should. Verse 2, For one believeth that he may eat all things, and another who is weak eateth herbs. There's your vegetarian. There's scripture that tells me they've got weak faith. Right? Um <clears throat> You know, Jesus ate fish in his resurrected body. I mean, presumably he ate when they appeared to Abraham, Sarah, and they, they, you know, that was pre-incarnate Christ and a couple of angelic uh, beings with him. They ate, presumably, um, and it was flesh, it was meat. But, you know, you don't try to pigeonhole anybody and make them feel bad. Um, there's pat answers for all this stuff, though. And she was on the radio that day, like, uh, Mayday. She didn't say Mayday, but she was calling for one of the bosses in the neighborhood and also going door to door. Said she was collecting money for her seminary. Cemetery. Theological cemetery. Um, and I, I really liked her. She's a really kind young young lady. Uh, I gave her twenty dollars. I said, uh, "This is for you." Buy a hamburger. No, I said you can put some gas in your car. Do whatever you want. This is for you. This does not apply to Ellen White School. I'm not donating towards your indoctrination at the Ellen White School. <laughs> That's the woman that has written well I mean look at the uh, Mormons they've got their own book that's extra biblical that's in addition to the Bible Book of Mormon they got two other ones Pearl Great Price and 
doctrines and covenants. Yeah. What do you do with that? Well, we don't need that. And I asked Mormons before, and I've asked Seventh-day Adventists before. How are people saved prior to Joey Smith showing up? That's what I asked him, and I asked the Jehovah Witnesses once. I said, you got three major uh, rabbit trails of uh, theology that all appear here in the late 1800s. Mormon, Jehovah Witness, Seventh-day Adventist. As if God was just forgotten. He was baking cookies and it's like, ah, oh, I didn't get the rest of the word down there to these people. You know, go, my servant Ellen White, and tell them what's really going on. And you go too, my servant Joseph Smith, so that they really won't know which end is up. <laughs> and, I mean, it's just, it's, it's insane. We've had the word, and the word is sufficient. You know, we had the Old Testament before the time of Christ, and he fulfilled so much of the Old Testament, there's more to go. But, uh, <clears throat> it warns you not to add or take away any of these words. Well, yeah, and they just say, well, we didn't add or take away from the King James Bible. We we just started a new one. And in Galatians, it speaks if an angel were to preach a gospel other than the one that we have preached, let them be an anathema. And there's that Gabriel yeah. sitting on top of that spires on the Mormon temples, you know, blowing that horn like, what's that thing all about? And that's the angel preaching that, you know, there's Moroni. Oh, they call it Moroni. That's right. And, uh, you know, I think the Holy Spirit just inserted himself into that whole unraveling and said, Joseph, name this angel that you're going to do this anyway. I can't stop you. Name it Moroni because it's a moronic idea. It's like the coronavirus. Yeah. It's like that church, and it was a Baptist church. And, uh, North Carolina, and they ended up ordaining gay ministers, having gay weddings. Yeah, they were just totally off the rails. And it was uh, Broadway Baptist Church. That was the church. And I can again imagine the Holy Spirit saying, you might as well call this place Broadway because broad is the way to destruction. I see what you're going to do here. You know, I think God does that. God's got a sense of humor. He really does. All right. Um, we have on the prayer list dot our neighbor blessings and comfort, and uh, they have called hospice, but that doesn't mean it's her end yet. I mean, I know she's ready when uh, when the Lord calls her, but uh, they called hospice at least once and maybe twice on your dad, and then they had to cancel it all. Remember, Jerry? He just mm-hmm. kept rallying back and some of that was congestive heart failure that's what dots primarily his problem and that's what dots against up against but uh you know what what we have i mean she's lived 94 years i'm sure that she's ready for her reward reverend davis i don't know his current situation last week i talked he said he's weak Uh, he's trying to get his strength built up Marco's salvation for his son. Now, you can pray that someone gets saved until you're blue in the face. All you're going to be praying for is, is uh, witnesses, missionaries to tell them the truth, 
can't make them. God's not going to override your free will. And we're never asked anywhere I can find, pray for the unbelievers. Paul does say pray for all people in one place. But, it's, I, I mean, if, if I'm praying for someone's salvation, it's just that they'll continue to get that word and they won't be able to deny it. I was an atheist most of my life. Pretty bad one. <laughs> Can you legitimately pray that their heart will be softened so they'll receive? You can pray for them to have the word presented to them often and boldly and often. Um, we're in charge of our own hearts. That's right. And if we won't soften our heart, then that's us. You know, that's what lands us in hell, this stubbornness. Praying for East Palestine, Ohio. That situation is big enough that the cabal couldn't ignore it. They did try. They sure tried. And uh, some different reporters, one that I follow on Twitter, uh, Twitter is a totally different animal now. Have you been on? No, I, I don't go on it, but I'm, I'm following all that stuff. Yeah. So, you know, what's going on. You can see, I mean, they're not being censored. They let uh, Dr. Robert Malone back on. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Let's see, uh, McCullough, Dr. Peter McCullough, the heart doctor. These, these are the guys that had the most brains about what these vaccines were going to do. Yeah. Heck, Malone's the one that invented the technology, and he's saying don't do it. I mean, great day. Uh, what more do you need? But no, they got money to make. <laughs> and worse. Because ultimately it's been mentioned, and I've been thinking this for a while, and I've talked about it in this study, and Naomi Wolf came out about two weeks ago and said exactly this. And, and she's Jewish, and she is not religious. She tells you that. But she said, I have to conclude nothing other than what we have seen the past two years globally could not have been done with human agency. This was impossible to pull off with just human agency alone. She said there's, and and apparently she'd had her nose in Ephesians, and that's great. She said there's principalities, there's powers (laughs) that are unseen, that are directing this. She's right. She's absolutely right. We have called for, requested, and I believe have an angel to protect this study, to protect us as we meet each Thursday evening, that the evil one can't set foot on the property. Marta and Charles, uh, our friends, and the young man Sebron, they're all their needs. Uh, Vassy and Linda and John and Ruby, friends of the Bible study and, and the study podcast. Larry and Sheila for blessings. Larry's such a great guy. He taught Forrest how to weld. He taught him how to shoot nine ball. You ever go up and shoot Larry's nine ball table? Well, I, I, I just knocked a couple balls down one, one day when we were down there. He wanted to see if I could shoot. And so no, I, he could teach you. I sunk, I sunk, I sunk three. It was, it was purely luck but this is, he put three balls down there in three different positions that sucked them all right out of the game well you should drop in on he loves to yeah, have somebody no, play I, against I want to go over there and play yeah <laughs> yeah he loves to have somebody play against 
and you do it's kind of hard to challenge yourself but um our children and grandchildren janice uh, a lady that lives across the way that's had a lot of heartache in her life lost two sons at different times different reasons bella a young lady struggling against addiction but trust i trust she's winning mimi continuing to heal Bob's children, Stephanie and Michael, and salvation. Just bring that ministry to all these folks that still need to hear the word. Europe. Is this Oklahoma? Yeah. The folks in Ohio. For Pat and Gail. Eric, Rex, Ted, America, President Trump, Patriots. You know, Iran came out and said they were going to assassinate President Trump in the last two or three days. You heard this? What are they worried about? What's Satan worried about? Because that's who they serve. I think we may get him back in. I really do. I think he's on a King David paradigm. Mm -hmm. David was ousted from his kingdom at one point by his son. Absalom has said plan for four years, is what it said. He planned four years to be able to... You know, snipe in there and get the throne. I thought it's interesting that that's how long the cabal planned to get Trump's seat after he won unexpectedly. Four years. But David comes back. Absalom is vanquished. David's heart was broken for his son. There's never been a man more maligned in the history of the planet than Donald Trump. You know, Hitler looks like an Eagle Scout next to what some of these people think and say about Trump. If a man can be defined by his enemies, they're in good company by supporting him. Now, he's made a grave mistake was pushing that stupid vaccine. He's made some other mistakes, ideas of dividing Israel, but he's not a believer. He says he is, but he's not born again. I really don't think so. Um, Ray, him and Judy, and Judy's back doing better now. And uh, lost loved ones, people getting saved. We need revival, we need to be people see them saved. George Weiser, senior and junior, Joe Weiser, salvation. And uh, you had one you wanted to keep just kind of off the recording, is that right, John? Yeah. It's on here. You know, it's a, it's a close person to you needing healing. Needing healing and salvation better than that, right? Yeah. Okay, let's join hands. Father God, we thank you so much for this time that we could spend together. Let us learn by your Holy Spirit. Let your Holy Spirit teach us as you write in 1 John 2 and 27. We need not that any other man teach us, Lord. You said your Holy Spirit is our teacher. And we thank you, God. Pray that you be with all of our loved ones that are on our hearts that are not here right now. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay. Bill Tobelman and Larry Blevins. Preston Norris Hotel for healing. I'll put this on the dreaded Facebook.
Now, Facebook, the internet, it's, it's a double-edged sword. Um, it uh, can be um, good, helpful, um, or it could be bad. And um, it is, I mean, it's like going down your public library. Some libraries you can, uh, you can check out porn. Don't ask me how I know that. I told you I was saved late in life. I never checked any porn. <laughs> um, I uh, was a false convert for about seven years because I knew that um, Christian, my wife, his daughter, wouldn't marry me if I wasn't a Christian. So I... Well, that's easy enough. I want her. I'll be a Christian. Not a problem. It's like being a Cubs fan. You put the pennant up and under the big C and uh, go to a game. Once in a while, you're in. You're a Christian. She realized shortly after I, we were married that I probably wasn't a Christian. And that's because I... I was reading uh, through the Bible that she gave me. I still got it. It's right here. It's an NIV, non-inspired, NIV positive. Um, and I came to a passage in Leviticus and it talked about cutting the throats of the um, cramp. I thought the cat rubbed up against your leg and freaked you out. <clears throat> it said cut the throats of these pigeons and sprinkle the blood across the altar and um, I told my wife this don't sound like God this sounds like Ozzy Osbourne and uh, she wasn't mindful at that point in time to tell me about the fact that there's no forgiveness of sin without the shedding of blood innocent blood so everything that the Hebrew people and the Israelites did when God told them to do it was um, like charades. It's like pointing to something else. It's like you just do this. And then the, the Passover, these feasts, the, the, the seven feasts, the Leviticus 23, um, they're all about Christ and the church. Every one of them. Easy to see. That's why I say the rapture comes on tabernacles at the timing of tabernacles. I don't know what year. Hey, babe, can you get this cat out of here? And if he comes through the front door, hang him upside down by his tail. He opens the front door. He, he does not know how to close the front door. <laughs> or if he does, he doesn't care. No forgiveness of sin without the shedding of blood. If you keep your mind set toward Christ and the church and the things that you read in those feasts of Leviticus 23, and we may do that again soon. And there's some, it's in the podcast. Let's go back a few episodes. Then you see it all. You know, Christ fulfilled Passover on Passover. 
you know, here's first fruits. You know, then you have the days of unleavened bread and then first fruits. What, what are the Jews doing during Passover where they're killing the perfect lamb? And they've been doing that for a long time, right? Perfect lamb. Can't have any spots. Has to be declared flawless by the priest before it can be used in the Passover. The priest has to say, this, this lamb is, is all clear. Yeah, you can use it. I think Pontius Pilate might be in heaven when we get there. He was used in that same role to stand there and say, I found no fault in this man. He was the high authority right there at that level. He said, I don't find any problem with him. Hadn't done anything wrong. He's innocent. No blemishes. It's my calling her dog. If, if I were a dog and my master was hollering at me like that, I probably wouldn't come. <laughs> but um, so in the unleavened bread, they, they're taking all of the leaven, all the yeast out of their homes for this period of time between Passover and first fruits. They're sweeping it all out. What's that a picture of? What's leaven? It's sin, right? Little leaven, leaven of the whole lump. Leaven represents sin. Interestingly, the first three feasts uh, in Leviticus 23, Passover, and you're making bread with during Passover, making bread with no yeast. The unleavened bread is just that unleavened bread feast, making bread with no yeast. First fruits, making bread with no yeast. Read it. Pentecost, creation of the church, 50 days, 49, 50 days after um, first fruits, creation of the church, got leaven in it. Add leaven to this bread. That's your church, right? We got, and, and that was fulfilled on. Pentecost. All these feasts were fulfilled on the proper season and time. It would be silly, I think, to think that the three remaining feasts, which are um, Rosh Hashanah, Trumpets, Yom Kippur, Day of Atonement, or uh, Sukkot, Tabernacles, why wouldn't those also be fulfilled on their exact time they will <clears throat> so anyway uh, you know taking the uh, feast of Leviticus and just looking at things as they open up for Christ in the church I think it'd be wrong you know to think now that means what that I, that I don't believe and the imminence of the rapture, that it could happen right now and our clothing would fall to the floor. I think we're going to know, just like the wise virgins and the foolish virgins in Matthew 25, they slumbered, they slept. All of them, all ten of them. And it says at midnight, the cry rang out, the bridegroom cometh, get up, get yourselves ready, trim your lamps. 
So they're being told, okay, this is it. This is it. He's coming. That's how the Jewish wedding is done, too, if you've seen this. They come serenading pots and pans that the bride doesn't know when her bridegroom is coming to get her. It could be six months, year, two years. He's gone to, he goes and he makes a place, often building onto his parents' home. He goes to prepare a place for her, his bride. The, 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 um, imagery there of Christ in the church having gone to prepare a place. It's right there. So he says at midnight the cry rang out. Well that I think is trumpets personally. He blows the trumpet and um, the cry goes out. The bridegroom's coming. Make yourselves ready. Everybody get ready. And half of them they didn't have any oil which is what? The Holy Spirit. They didn't have the Holy Spirit. They might have been at every church bake sale and front row every Sunday, Wednesday, and whenever, but they uh, didn't have the Holy Spirit. And uh, they didn't get to go. Can there be salvation after you miss the rapture? It looks like it. It may be done by works alone, but the gospel's being preached in Romans I'm sorry, Revelation 14, Revelation 14. It's being preached. We're certainly gone by then, I have to believe. But while they were gone to get their oil, um, the bridegroom came and he took them in to the wedding. The wedding supper is the, tr the translation is wedding supper. And the door was closed. They came back later, bang, bang. They said, I don't know you. You're not mine. You're not part of my bride. Your best shot now might be a friend of the bridegroom when I get back. There's that interesting passage in Luke, now as I think about it, chapter 12. Verse 35. You will notice in a lot of the things that Christ is saying, he goes from one thought to another. And we like we like everything in a little bit more order, but you don't have that. And, 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 that, and this is the way the Holy Spirit's presented this to us. Verse 35 of Luke 12 said, Let your loins be girded about and your lights burning. Be dressed. He told the Laodicean church, you're naked. He said, I'm about to spew you out of my mouth. Those I love, I rebuke and chasten. Revelation 3, right? Sounds like you don't want to be spit out of his mouth. He tells them, "Be let your loins be girded about and your lights burning. Whose lamps weren't burning? The foolish virgins. Said you were naked earlier. Your lamps weren't burning. I'm talking to you all. And you yourselves like unto men that wait for their Lord when he will return from the wedding, that when he cometh and knocketh, behold, I stand at the door and knock, they may open unto him immediately. Blessed are those servants, they're called, 
whom the Lord, when he cometh, when he's coming back from the wedding, shall find watching. Verily I say unto you that he shall gird himself and make them to sit down to meet and will come forth and serve them. I was reading that one time and thinking, wow, what might that be like? We've got that picture there, this long table. It just goes into uh, to the horizon over there. It's under the clock. And you say, somebody passed the butter and a hand, just nail scarred, hands you the butter. We don't want to be this group, though. We're the bride. We're not these that were referred to elsewhere as friends of the bridegroom. He says right there, he's returning from a wedding, right? And you be keeping yourselves dressed, and you be keeping your lamps burning, and you be ready to hear me knock. Um, so anyway, uh, there's a lot of uh, a lot of little nuggets. I mean, Perry Stone would call them nuggets that you find as you look through the pages, and the Holy Spirit's got to show you. A lot of times you read something you read two dozen times or more. A fellow and I were studying in uh, Numbers. Some of y'all, most of you may know this. I'm going to share it again for the podcast. It was in chapter 31, I believe it is, in Numbers. Eliezer the priest addresses the assembly and says, When you return from battle... Pass everything through the fire, and it'll be clean. And I think, okay, you can put some iron or some metal, whatever they want, through the fire. I know how fire kills germs. Then it says, anything that can't pass through the fire, I'm assuming leather and wood and textile garments, well, you put that and wash it in the water of separation, and it will be clean. And I thought, okay, I see how fire kills germs. But the water of separation, which in fact, he says, even after the things that could abide the fire are put through the fire, going to wash them anyway, the water of separation. So let's find out what water of separation is. I didn't know. You have to go to Numbers 19. And it's the red heifer sacrifice. And they find the perfect red heifer. And uh, can't even have one white sprig of hair. Word is the Israelites have more than one now. So they're just getting so close to doing their thing. And all the dots will connect. And then after that animal sacrifice, the throat is cut, the Blood is sprinkled ceremoniously in certain directions. I don't remember which now, but it says, pile it into the pit and burn that animal. Burn the entire carcass and put cedar wood on top of that carcass while it's burning and put in some hyssop, which uh, is a plant. Uh, It also says scarlet, which... I don't know if they're talking about color, if they're talking about some type of wool. In either case, 
put that in there. It says, once the fire has gone out, the priest is to gather the residue of that and carry it and put it in the pool for the water of separation. Now, some of you all already know what this is because we've gone over this. So we, you don't, don't answer out. Um, I remember thinking, Lord, this, this is a bad thing. Some atheist approaches me and asks me to explain that. I don't know what I'm going to say. Because I, I know how atheists work. I was one for so long. I thought about it. And then it did hit me. We had to burn a cow one time. You got all kinds of animal fat left over when the fire goes out. Right? And also on this thing, not only the animal fat, but you've got those timbers of cedar wood that were piled on top. And they are burnt to ashes. So you have animal fat and ashes in this. What do you make with that? Do you know? What do you make with soap? Lye soap. But God didn't say, you're going to do this because there's all these little microorganisms you can't see. You know, uh, yeah, I invented it all. I'm just going to tell you what to do because you cannot understand why you need to do it. Just do what I tell you and it'll be clean. I believe to this day that someone along the line did exactly that and said, well, I'm going to do what the Bible says here. I'm going to mix this animal fat in these ashes where we burn this carcass and put it in some water and see if it cleans. It's one of the best cleaning soaps out there. It's like very, very good for killing germs. And the hyssop is an ingredient to Listerine. It used to be, it may still be. It's an antiseptic. Cedar is, a, is an evergreen tree, evergreen oil. There's another, antiseptic. Pine oil, evergreen, yeah. So by doing what God says to do and not trying to figure out the reason, can you imagine if, uh, that was written in 1450 B.C. Can you imagine if, if the Hebrew people looking at that tried to figure out the reason for it? Had no clue. Nor would they have had any clue. God says, put this spear through the fire. I'm going to go ahead and put it through the fire. That's what he said to do. He's telling them how to get rid of uh, the germs and diseases that they may bring back into their midst. He told them, if you are obedient to me, and if you follow my commands, you'll have none of these diseases. It's interesting how God works there. He's not eradicating the diseases. He's not waving a magic wand to making the germs go away as they bring all that booty back to camp. There's a there's an element of obedience involved in receiving God's blessing. You don't earn salvation, of course. But if you want God's favor, he said, if you love me, you'll keep my commands, right? So that's what we want to do. We want to, we want to show our love for him by keeping his commands. I made some verses. I just wrote a few verses down. To, we'll see what. We've got plenty of time, so we just try to do about an hour. People are nodding off by then usually. Bob is for sure. Philippians 4. These are, uh, a lot of these, you know, would have been on your uh, memory verse 
cards um, if you've ever given those in Sunday school. It's grown up to be a heathen. I, I never went. Philippians 4. The first, I'm going to read verse 13. It says, I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. It doesn't say I can do 99% of things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. I was listening to a sermon of Chuck Swindoll. He's a good teacher. He says a lot of these uh, Christians out there trying to earn their salvation, trying to get that Sunday school attendance pen, figuring that that'll impress God a whole lot. You're going to keep your salvation by doing your part. Some have told, oh, it's like riding a bicycle. You can't, you can't let go. You can't stop. You'll fall over. I think he said he'd uphold you with his righteous right hand, didn't he? But uh, Chuck's talking about some of them to him, Jesus paid it all, all to him I owe. Sin had left a crimson stain. He washed it white as snow. He said some of them are singing, Jesus paid 90%, 10% to him I owe. Sin had left a crimson stain. He washed it. Light pink. Swindoll's pretty funny. Um, I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. We're entering an age, we're in the age of severe spiritual warfare. People are running rampant in cities. Well, they kept the thing in Austin off the news as much as they could. Did anybody see what happened in Austin, Texas? Well, the cops were running from the mob. He was he was trying to back that police cruiser out and get away from them. Well, they'd jump up on the hood, start jumping up and down, get up on the roof, jumping up and down. Blatant disrespect for law enforcement. For, you know, and so many others are disrespecting law enforcement. And you wonder why so many of them just... It's a thankless job. I'm not risking my life for people that can't appreciate it, and they're walking away. So that wasn't one of their orchestrated uh, mob protests. That must, I don't know why it happened. They were keeping it, I mean, you could see it though. There was, people were live feeding it on certain social media. It was, that was the worst I'd ever seen, to be honest. Spiritual warfare. People are saying, well, on Twitter, there's a common denominator here. Anybody notice a similarity in all these people that are doing this, this and such? Yeah, they're, they're black folks. That's a fact. But they're, they don't represent the entirety of the black population in America. Most of them are heartbroken when they see this. I saw a precious young sister in Christ on Twitter today say, I, I denounce my own race. She just said it in response to one of those videos. And I told her, I said, first we have one race, the human race. There are ethnicities, but we're the same race. 
And these folks you see doing this have been brainwashed, much like white people were brainwashed in the late 1800s, early 1900s. It was the other way around. You know, we, we just wring our hands and we get upset, and I'm not saying we shouldn't. When we see a dozen black teenagers beating up a white person. Yeah, that's wrong. We should be upset. But uh, they're not any less human than we are. You know, because what did we do? Lynching, lynching, uh, treating black people like livestock, honestly, during the slave years. Um, And then what was it, three-fifths of a person? They could actually be three-fifths of a person. These were some of our founding fathers that we look up to, but yeah, they yeah, sounds like an idea. I'll sign off on that. Come on. They needed more Bible and less philosophy. So um, what's, what's doing the brainwashing? Satan. Satan and his minions are brainwashing people. Stirring people up. You can get in a pack mentality. There have been some of these brawls with the skinheads, which a lot of them are neo-Nazis, not all of them. A lot of them I've looked into. It. A lot of them are just frustrated with having to work their fingers to the bone and somebody else living on welfare with eight babies has got nicer cars or a nicer home than them. It kind of makes you mad at the system a little bit. But no, they certain sects of that group have had been known to. Come look what Hitler did. I didn't even get through this book. It's so heartbreaking. Ordinary Man, it's called. Ordinary Man. And it was about the police officers of Nazi Germany who were too old to go to the front lines of combat. A lot of them were, you know, 50s, 60s even. And he put them in charge of killing the Jews. He sent mm-hmm. them to, he sent them to uh, Poland. And then some, some had gone... Um, to other parts, but the book that I'm, I haven't finished, it was an audio book. What they did, what people could actually do. White boys, right? What could these white boys do if you hand them a pistol and a bottle of vodka? And that's what they were doing. Bringing in vodka by the truckload, giving it, some of these guys were Russians that were, um, I don't know, I guess they weren't, favored by Stalin or whatever and they were picked off and used but a lot of them were German citizens cops face down shooting back in the head and they were they, they had debates on well I'm getting blood splattered back on this sounds bad but this is what they were doing and I don't think it's wrong to point it out well I'm not shooting them this close anymore look at my uniform you know, they were, more, they were concerned about that, getting a little bit of blood on them. Not concerned about blowing the brains out of a six or seven-year-old child. And they did. Right now, Satan wants us white folks to get mad at the black folks. Like we're somehow superior. We're just as depraved as any other ethnicity out there. And it might be argued that we're more depraved. Just looking at history. Um, I wanted 12s in Philippians 4, verses uh, 5, 6, and 7. I like this. Let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. 
He's a, he sees everything you do. You know, it's it's really strange. You've got the people that they do church face, we call it. You know, you show up to church. How you doing, brother? Just patting you on the back, you know. You see that game there? You know? Whatever. And then you find out they're cheating on their wife. They're beating their wife. They're emotionally abusing their wife. They're out there. They're out there, unfortunately. They outnumber the true believers. The Lord's at hand. He sees this. He sees what you did. He sees how you talk to your wife before you you left for church. Verse 6, be careful for nothing. Just don't be, don't be fretful or worried, right? But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Why is prayer different from supplication? I looked into this. When we pray, Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. If you're going to quote that, say, give me this day, my daily bread, and forgive me my trespasses. Jesus was given a model prayer there. He wasn't asking for forgiveness, right? Um, but that's how you would approach the throne of God by praising him and, and saying, yes, Lord, may your kingdom come. And then could I have my daily bread? That's the supplication. I'm going to ask for some. I'm going to praise you in prayer and in my supplication. I wouldn't mind having that job if it's all, all the same to you, Lord. And it's okay to ask. Lots of good memory verses in Philippians. Probably in that short book, there's more quotable quote verses in there than maybe any other book. All those are some great stuff in Isaiah 40. Isaiah 40. You hear a Catholic tell you, well, you got an incomplete Bible. You're missing some books, right? The Catholic Bible's got more books. Yeah. They got a funny name for Ecclesiastes, too. Canticles or something like that. Ecclesiastical. Yeah. Isaiah. Some of these eggheads that spent too much time at seminary and not enough time reading and studying and praying and understanding. Well, the, we, it's Deutero-Isaiah. See, there were two Isaiahs, actually. There weren't just one Isaiah. They call it Deutero-Isaiah. Yeah. Now see if you can start throwing around some of these 50-cent words. Calvinists are real good at it, too. Yeah. They'll come out. Soteriology. I just don't think you understand soteriology. Well, I do. I do understand your, I do understand your blasphemy. <laughs> soteriology is the way to salvation, but, you know, anyway. Second Peter 2, verse 1 will drive a stake through the heart of even John Calvin himself. His five points won't stand on that one verse. I've asked people for years about it. None have ever, usually you don't hear back, but one day, these were actually clients that went to a Presbyterian church. They said, uh, 
Yeah, he said, I'm going to have to study that. Well, maybe uh, keep your place in Isaiah 40. Let's just look at that verse since it came up. Um, Second Peter. And, you know, Calvinism and Calvin's five points. You know there are five pillars of Islam? Did you know that Islam also teaches that everything's ordained, that nothing happens by accident, that one of the hadiths, uh, uh, Muhammad said that even the letters that come from the pen that you write are controlled by God, you have nothing to do with it. Oh, great. We just all get to be a bunch of marionettes. This This should be fun. They believe that. Five pillars. Five is the number of division in the Bible. The number of division. From now on, there'll be five in a family, three against two, two against three, Jesus said. So when you see that number, be careful. I'm going to give you five pillars. And these ain't sofa pillars. That was a joke. Second Peter 2, 1, but... There were false prophets among the people, of, even as there shall be false teachers among you. So already we see we're talking about false teachers. Who privily shall bring in damnable heresies, damnable heresies, even denying the Lord that bought them, and bring upon themselves swift destruction. So the conundrum for the five-pointer. Were they bought? Says they were. Well, I'll have to look up the Greek on that. Well, I'll tell, tell you, it's agorazo. Agorazo is the Greek on that. And they, the same Greek word is used in Revelation 14, and it's translated there, redeemed. So they translated it once, redeemed. They translated it here, bought. So, you know, uh, the L in tulip, the five pillars, points of Islam, L is limited atonement. They teach that Jesus only died for the elect. He only died for, he didn't die for the whole world. Just the elect. Limited, the atonement was limited to the elect. Okay, so he bought them, but it says they brought upon themselves swift destruction. Well, there went the P into the perseverance of the saints. Which is it? The guy came back after all night and we come back to our second day of rifle class and and he said, all right, on that point, he said, what that is? He said, it's basically the Holy Spirit is speaking in hyperbole. You know, the, the, the Lord is speaking in hyperbole, basically saying there's no way you could bring destruction on yourself after you were bought. I said, but it says they did. He said, but that's not what it means. It means it's absurd to even think that. <laughs> I said, uh, how, on a scale of 1 to 10, how happy are you with that answer? And he, 10. It's a 10. I'm, <laughs> I was that sure it is. It, it was already down to 4 in that gap of silence you just gave me there. And I don't believe you lose salvation either. See, it's another thing. Calvin, they think if you're not a Calvinist, then you've got to be an Armenian and you, you believe you can lose, you lose your salvation. No. You don't have to be one or the other. Is that the two boxes all you got? Sure, God foreknew. He does. He foreknows. But he knows who's going to do what. It doesn't mean he's making us do it. I put it this way before. If I had all the dogs that were in my life in that field back there at the same time and went to the fence and called them all by name, some of them would come running. 
and some of them wouldn't. And I could tell you which ones would come running. I could tell you which ones wouldn't. Is that, am I making them not come? No. Am I making the ones that do come come? No. That black chow shepherd mix, she look jerk that head and go on. Not coming. Don't even think about it. Not coming. And then you got your rabbit beagle that shows up after you're about ready to give up on him and thorns in his nose. And <laughs> But he came, right? He came. The, the 11th hour vineyard worker. Isaiah 40, verses 29 and 30. <clears throat> Twenty nine thirty thirty one. He giveth power to the faint, and to them that have no might he increaseth strength. Even the youths shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall, but they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. I like that, because when you get raptured, Going up where the eagles are circling, where they are gathered. They shall run and not be weary, and they shall walk and not faint. Chapter 41, very memorable verse, verse 10. Fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed. For I am thy God, I will strengthen thee, yea, I will help thee, yea, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. We we should be meditating on verses like these in the age we're living in. Because the the, the assault is on. I wrote down I wrote down Colossians one and verse eleven, I don't even remember what it says. Colossians 1, verse 11. There's a verse about strength. Let's read 10 first. That you might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all might according to his glorious power unto all patience and longsuffering with joyfulness. I have a hard time being joyful sometimes. I've just unfortunately been a person that, what's my next dreaded thing? I got to do these darn taxes. That's my next dreaded thing. I got to pay my exorbitant county taxes. Next dreaded thing. I got to go to the dentist. Next dreaded thing. I don't know why I need to be more like that man because he never does that. And I remember through the years he's gone to the VA and they said, oh, you got this, you got that, this is going to happen, that's going to happen. And he goes, oh, well, you know, it might, you know, the Lord's good though. He'll... He's been healed so many times, just miraculously. <laughs> that heart valve that time, they sent you to was that Johns Hopkins up there mm. and because down here at Radford they nope can't do anything with this he's got, he's got two if you only had one bad heart valve I could do something for you but I don't think there's anything we can do 
Well, Christian, my wife, her, his daughter was driving him up there, and you know, and they're praying, and we're praying, and they get up there, and the doctor says, no bad heart valve. It's working. Not a problem. You don't have two bad heart valves, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, the doctor down here at Radford was in adamant you need to see what i saw don't release him until i send you what i i saw and i don't know how that turned out he did get released i don't know if god changed what that um, test showed from radford or what i don't know i do know that god is in the miracle business if you will let him be there's a place in the Bible that says Jesus could do no miracles there because of their unbelief. Remember? Now, he could have if he wanted to. But God is self-limiting, and we should all be happy about that. Long-suffering, too. But uh, he, I'm not going to do miracles here. He did them in front of the Pharisees that time. They said, well, this is the devil. You're doing this by the power of the devil. The above. Yeah, Jesus said, why would he go against himself? The house divided can't stand. Why would he do that? <laughs> they did not want to believe. And this is the problem with so many people. They just don't want to believe. I'm sure that's how it was with me. Because the problem is, if you start to believe then that means that you're accountable to God and you don't want to be. And you just think, well, I'll just do my own thing. I'll just create my own reality. You can't. God has made an amazing reality. It's uh, funny what an atheist will believe, though. Well, we came from the Big Bang. This little tiny pea-sized ball of matter exploded and and you think that is, is 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 scientific? That makes no sense. The universe is not anywhere near as old as they're trying to say it is. See, everything God created, He created with apparent life. We've talked about this, right, Bob? Sure. You know, in fact, you're the one that brought it up that time. You know, He didn't plant a maple seedling in the Garden of Eden. He planted a full-grown tree and oaks and whatever kind of trees. Pear trees, fruit trees of all kind. He didn't create Adam and Eve as newborn babies. Who would have took care of them? They were adults. The entire universe was created with its apparent age. But by that, they jumped to these conclusions that uh, that, that, that star is so far away, its light has been traveling for half a billion years to get here. Nope. Here's the light. Here's here's the star. Here's the light from it. Let there be light. God didn't say let there be light. So there. Okay, I got about five hundred billion years to wait, right? So it's an apparent age. What is the speed of light? One hundred eighty-six thousand two hundred seventy-two miles per second. That's pretty is fast. The speed of darkness. Is this a joke? I don't know. No. <laughs> what? Same, same thing. Just as Take the light away, here comes the dark. It comes at the same speed. 
Well, um, yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, but, that's great. <laughs> I guess it's true, though. But um, anyway, <laughs> were you taught in school that Sir Isaac Newton was a Bible-believing Christian? Um, I wasn't. Louise Bird. Well, I never got told that. If I did, I didn't remember it. Um, no, they didn't want you to know that. Because if this guy could have so much intelligence that he could invent calculus and identify all these laws of physics and still believe this book, well, that might cause a lot of people to maybe take a look at this book. Satan, Satan don't want Newton, yeah. He didn't want that. Newton was studied prophecy a lot. He knew that Israel would return as a nation. Do you believe there are people that call themselves Christians today that look at the current nation Israel and say, well, that doesn't mean anything. Coincidence. But uh, God said he was going to do it. He said he was going to do it. And you still think it's a coincidence? You know, if I was your father and I told you I'd get you a bicycle for your birthday and one shows up on the front porch on your birthday, are you going to call that a coincidence? Or are you going to call it me keeping my word, right? I don't understand some of these so-called Christians. They believe in replacement theology. The church has replaced Israel. Israel is of no consequence. That might have worked up until the point that Israel came right back as a nation just like it was prophesied would happen, and Newton said it would happen. Newton also said that he didn't think the return of Christ would occur until sometime after 2006. I personally think that the church will be prepared and raptured during the fall feast of trumpets, atonement, tabernacles. See, in tabernacles, if you look that up, what did the Jewish people do? God just told them, you do this. Don't ask me why. I want you to just do it. I want you to build yourself a little booth, a little room. And you go stay in that room seven days to fulfill this feast, a day for a year. You see in Numbers, and you also see it again in Ezekiel. They're just here in this little room doing what? Representing the raptured church is what? You know, Jesus said in John 14, my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. Why did he say it that way? That's a strange thing to say. You know, I could say, Bob, I got a mower out back you can borrow. And if it were not so, I would have told you. It doesn't make sense, does it? Unless, back to Isaiah think I think it's 26 I think it's Isaiah 26 now see these folks that Jesus was speaking to there in John 14 they were fairly well familiar with the uh, scriptures right what scriptures the Old Testament scriptures the prophets right Psalms right when they come upon this, as they maybe would have read all their lives up until that point, verse 20 of Isaiah 26, it says, Come, my people, enter thou into thy chambers and shut thy doors about thee. Hide thyself 
as it were, for a little moment, until the indignation be overpassed. For behold, the Lord cometh out of his place to punish the inhabitants of the earth for their iniquity. The earth also shall disclose her blood and shall no more cover her slain. Tribulation, the wrath of God. Sometimes people say, well, what do you think you've done to deserve a pre-trib rapture? People have suffered throughout the ages, throughout the centuries, throughout the millennium. Yeah, they suffered at the hands of man. They suffered in natural disasters. This suffering that's going to go on during the tribulation is not any of that. At the end of Revelation 6, he says, hide ourselves from the wrath of God and his Lamb. That's what they're hiding from, the wrath of God. God said right here in Isaiah, we just read it, that he's going to do it. He's going to judge the earth, you know, disclose her blood, no more cover her slain. But they had read that, and they said, well, it says we've got rooms. It says, enter thou into thy chambers. One of the translations says rooms. Enter thou into thy rooms. What's this all about? What's this room thing? I don't know. Go on to chapter 27. But then they knew about the rooms, and he said, there are rooms. My father's house are mansions. They are. If it weren't so, I would have told you. So that you see how that works now and how it sounds better and makes sense? The Deutero Isaiah I touched on earlier. <clears throat> Jesus quoted from the earlier part of Isaiah and from the latter part and said, Isaiah said this here, and he, he quoted again, said, Isaiah says this out of the early part and out of the part that they think somebody else wrote. They believe that the first 39 chapters of Isaiah were written by some other uh, individual. Or if it were Isaiah, then whoever finished the last 27 chapters, it says, well, the tone changes. It's sort of a different thing. It's not the same meter of verse, blah, 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 blah. Well, Jesus said it was Isaiah here and it was Isaiah here. So the first 39 chapters have a certain tone to them and the last 27 chapters have a different tone to them. How many chapters in Isaiah? 66. 66. How many books in this Bible? 66. How many Old Testament books are there? 39. New Testament, 27. So don't let a... Catholic tell you you've got an incomplete Bible. God does things like this. He just puts a little signature here and there if you're just if you just happen to notice. If you just happen to notice, of course this the twenty seven chapters that finish Isaiah have a different tone. They sort of depict a different mindset of the next testament, the next covenant. So um Goodness, the, the Word of God is full of little things like that. There is no way if man lived throughout eternity to the trillionth power, he could assemble something like this written Bible. And the prophecies are true. And the ones that have yet, the ones that have not yet been fulfilled will be fulfilled. You know, the Greeks, they thought, well... Uh, Alice is holding up the globe. That's interesting. Alice is holding up the globe. 
Well, they were apparently asked that, and they had a ready answer. They said, I got some notes in here on my resort table. He's standing on the back of a big turtle, no more questions. Now What's they call, that turtle standing on? They call that Greek mythology. It's not mythology. These Nephilim existed. These hybrids of Genesis 6, fallen angels sleeping with human women. It said they married them. Well, they didn't go down and get a marriage license from Andy Griffith and get married. They, they, uh, how then did they marry them? They consummated the marriage. And in the Old Testament, you consummate, you've married. That's uh, a lot of people. And I told a fellow, well, we're getting married. This is one of our clients. Yeah, girlfriend and I are getting married and done such here in October. I said, oh, how long y'all known each other? Seven years. We've been living together seven years. I said, you've been married seven years. been sleeping with her. The eyes of God, you are. By the way, marriage isn't mocked. It's a picture of Christ and the church. We learned that in Ephesians 5. It's not man can marry man, woman can marry woman. No, that's insane. It's a picture of Christ and the church. You can't mock marriage either. You get drunk in Las Vegas and get married by an Elvis impersonator. You're married in the eyes of the state of Nevada, but are you married in the eyes of God? I don't think so. You, as far, now, if you sleep with her, you are, but that's when it happened. And two guys, it ain't happening. You're not married. You can get some kind of a wink and nod from the state so you can get on each other's benefit plans or whatever, but um, other than that, you're not married. No, uh, the book of Job has been reported to be the oldest book in the Bible. And I don't know if the, the Greeks had just gotten to verse 7 of uh, Job chapter 26. It reads, uh, He spreads out the northern skies over empty space. He suspends the earth over nothing. The King James says, He hangeth the earth on nothing. Well, we figured that out recent years haven't we Isaiah it talks about God sits above the circle of the earth and from up in there in space yep, it's a circle so uh, now that these uh, hybrids uh, Zeus Apollo Hercules all these you know, people don't sit around and make up something like that. I mean, can you imagine them convening and saying, oh, you know what we need us is some gods. We need some gods. Well, anybody got any ideas? Hey, let's, we need a god that holds the earth up. I just can't think they'd do that. They got deceived. The people got deceived by some of these characters, and they could do a lot of signs and wonders. Uh, the Norse, Nordic... Uh, Odin, these beings, they write this stuff down. And they hand it down through the ages. They weren't worshiping God. But if their heart was in the right place prior to death, the thief on the cross went from slandering Christ just like the other one did until the last minute, Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. It's one of the most beautiful things in all the Bible. 
someone's hanging by a thread with the end, you know, the last vestige of life. And God, what about what's going on? I don't want to go to hell. Remember me. And he does. That's all it takes. He doesn't go, well, now, you know, according to church Christ doctrine, you haven't been baptized. They think you have to get baptized or you can't go to heaven. Literally immersion baptized because that's when the Holy Spirit comes into you. That's what they teach. Take them to Acts chapter 10. It was it Cornelius and family received the Holy Spirit. They spoke in tongues. Tongues are, you know, if, if, if there's a need for it, the Holy Spirit will enable you to speak to that person that speaks a different language. That's what Peter did in, in the Pentecost. You know, Peter was the man of the hour there. All those people heard that sermon. Next thing you know, Peter, and he may have been doing it then, Judaizing. Oh, you can't eat them uh, scallops right there. It's not, in the, not on the kosher menu. Nope, can't do that. Can't eat that catfish either. It's bottom feeder. <laughs> yep, can't do that. Pig, give me a breath. Can't eat that pig. Says so in the Word of God. Judaizing. New believers. Paul withstood him to his face, Galatians chapter 2. Peter didn't listen because by Acts chapter 10, it, God lowered a sheep from heaven with all these different kinds of animals and said, go and kill and eat. And Peter's like, not so, Lord. I've never eaten anything unclean. God said, don't call it unclean if I've made it clean. First Timothy 4 tells you it's sanctified by the word of God in prayer. You could eat a roadkill possum. And if you believe it's all right to eat, you can do it. And you know, if you, rather than starve, ask God to bless it. Believe he will. Believe he has. Eat it. But um, the Chinese, the dragons, we were contemporary with dinosaurs. So what did they see? It's believed that's the most ancient of civilizations. What did they see? Well, they saw pterodactyl, pteranodon, these flying, massively flying creatures. Um, it was so interesting. I was looking at the program on dinosaurs one time. Of course, this was coming from the people that believed they existed millions, millions of years ago. Um, and it said that uh, they would compose so much vegetation, the ones that, were, that, were, that ate trees and such, um, it would ignite on a belch. And uh, I don't know how they came to that conclusion, but I know that they were right when they said it. Because what did the Chinese see and draw? Fire-breathing dragons. And some of them can fly. I think they just make what that. Is yeah, it, can, it shoots two chemicals, mixes them together, and scalds its enemy. It was on that list of ten um, creatures that defy evolution. Um, evolution is it's a, such a joke. It's a, it's a hopeless... It's a hopeless grasp at trying to explain how creation got here like it is. Well, you've got random selection. I heard a minister one time talking about, okay, it may have been Ravi Zacharias, and they, Satan took a swipe at that man after he died. Even his own daughter got in on it. He didn't do, he didn't sexually abuse anybody. You know, you're going to wait till the man dies and come out with all this stuff straight out of the pit of hell. 
Oh, they want this book. I'm going to do a book deal, make all this money off a book. They'll find out how useful that money is in hell, if you ask me. He's a good man. All these components are floating around randomly through this primordial ooze. And one of them is a computer motherboard. And one of them is a power supply. And one of them is a keyboard. One of them is a monitor. And other cables floating around too. Different types. After a billion times a quadrillion to the septillionth power of years, one of them finally bumps into itself all in the right place and you got a perfect computer sitting there connected. And then what does it do? Nothing. It's a virus. <laughs> Probably. That's got no software. It ain't got no Bill New World Order globalist gates to tell it what to do. It's got an amoeba. You don't know what end food goes in and what end it comes out. It doesn't know what food is. So this whole random selection thing, you got to pull them apart. Let them step out there and just pull them apart. And you're doing them a favor. You know, if I could, when I was 30, if I could have debated 59-year-old me now, you know, I, I could have whooped that young man. I made a false profession about 33 or 4. I guess I was 33. and I was 40 before I really got saved. And I got saved by reading the Bible. Listen here, in fact. <laughs> Trying to win an argument with a guy online. See, I'd been to enough Baptist sermons to know I couldn't lose my salvation. Didn't know enough to know I didn't have salvation. But I was arguing with him that you don't lose salvation. And... Uh, he was, I just found him on the internet. He was a retired police officer from Pennsylvania, Ralph Detweiler. I think Ralph Detweiler had a whole lot to do with me getting saved. And he probably still believes you can lose your salvation, unless he's passed on and he knows he's there. But I had to read the word in order to argue with this guy. <laughs> and I was in Ephesians when it happened. And I was just looking down at the page, and boom. And, and it, just, it was like the Holy Spirit said, all of this is true, you know. You, you know, you look what you've been doing. You've been going through it. If you don't believe it's true, why have you been going through it? It is true. And I knew that moment that he had saved me. I didn't write the calendar date down, but he had saved me. We're a little long on this one. We're an hour and 18 minutes. I got a little wordy. Y'all want to close? Bud, you want to close us tonight? Yes. It's an honor to have you with us. Yes. Dear Father, we uh, thank you for your love. Thank you for uh, all that you do for us. And pray that you would just uh, do a work in our lives and our hearts and help us to desire to be more like you and open our eyes to truth. And yes. Father, I pray that you just uh, be with us as we uh, go home, keep us safe, and Father, keep our eyes on you. and. Lord, I just pray that you just uh, uh, bless uh, what this meeting is doing. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you.